Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to begin by doing our declaration before we get started. They'll put that up on the screen. They have. So say this with me, if you would, please. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We live under your anointing, and we see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Give God praise. Yes. Please remain standing. I'm going to ask Elder Marvin if he'd pray over tonight's service, please. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be really uh, pretty much just sharing from my heart. I don't think I'm going to be very long at all tonight. I'm just going to share my heart with you, and then I'm going to turn it over to the Lord and let the Lord have his way tonight. I would had something else planned to preach, and uh, I was in my prayer time Friday morning at the house, and God began to speak to my heart and uh, something of importance that God's wanting to unleash something in this region. And every single one of you that are here today, you are a key to God being able to release this. So I'm glad you're here tonight. Uh, I want to uh, continue tonight by saying two Sunday nights ago, I spoke to you and what the Lord had spoke to me about this church in 2020. That 2020 was going to be a year of victory. That I'd heard the Lord proclaiming a year of victory for his people a year of deliverance, a year of someone's circumstances overwhelmingly changing, something happening for someone they never dreamed would happen for them. That this could be a year of chain breaking and addictions being broken and afflictions being overcome. Can I get an amen? Oppression and depression and possession being broken and overwhelming circumstances changing for people who are trapped and caught in the middle with no way of escape will come out of their dilemma with a victory dance. I said that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver us from them all. I even encouraged you that you might want to go buy a tambourine and, come and make sure you have one to accompany your dance when you do your victory dance. Because I believe there's fixing to be an exodus take place in the body of Christ, that we're fixing to leave our troubles behind. And I was encouraged last week to hear Pastor Josh come along and speak uh, also a message of victory for this year. I guess me and Josh, we're on the victory train. Are you on the train with us? Amen. How I know because the deliverer has arrived, the one who will lead us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. The one who's our very present helps in times of trouble is here. 
And if you believe that, and you believe what I'm saying, believe what I'm preaching, and you believe that's here, why are we not standing on our feet at this moment and giving him a praise and welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place? We praise you, Lord. We welcome your presence in this place, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We praise. We magnify you. We give you praise and honor and glory, God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Before we can have victory, though, in 2020, we've got to deal with the aftermath of 2019. Aftermath means the consequences or the effects of a significant unpleasant event taking place. It's that stuff that's left over after a disaster. And the Lord spoke to me in my prayer time at home Friday morning that 2019 was a very tough year for this body. And I agreed. It was for me. Talk about suffering. In 2019, we truly suffered together. I posed the question to the pastor being the shepherd of our congregation the other day, asking him maybe he could confirm what I'm sensing. I asked him, would you say 2019 was a tough year for this body? His reply was, hands down, one of the worst. Our body suffered a lot of tragedy. Our body suffered a lot of affliction, affliction after affliction. And it's left behind a weight upon this church. It's left behind an aftermath. The trial may be over, but the effects of the damage remain. It's left burdens on our people. It's left grief upon our people. It's left mourning upon our people. You know, kind of like after a fire, there's still smoke and ashes and ruins, remains, and there's still the emotional loss to be dealt with. Just like after a flood, there's damage and there's prayers to be done. There's discouragement. Just like after a family crisis, the divorce may be over, but there's still hurts and emotions and adjustments to be made. Just after a loss of a loved one, there's the grief in the mourning that carries on. There's aftermath left that's still got to be cleaned up. And our enemy, who in some cases even brokered the destruction, he takes full advantage of our vulnerability and sufferings to place a spirit of heaviness upon this body. That's right, it's a spirit. Making it a struggle to recover from oppressing and depressing things that have taken place in our life. We're still trying to move forward, seemingly with this weight of the world on our shoulders. We're going through the emotions of trying to convince ourselves we are okay, not to quit and to hold on. For some, joy has departed, defeat has even been accepted. It's a spirit that has to be broken. And tonight is a great time to start driving it out of your life and off of the church, clean out of this region. And if you're ready for a year of victory, say this with me. Lord, I've been waiting a mighty long time to get out of this place that I've been in. And if you will lead me, I will follow you out of my despair. If you want me to move, I'll move. If you want me to walk, I'll walk. If you want me to run, I'll run. If you want me to dance, I'll dance. Just say the word. Hallelujah. See, I'm glad you feel that way because God's fixing to tell you something through his word tonight. 
I had quoted to you the last time, Exodus 14, 13, and 14. It said, Stand firm, do not be afraid, and see the salvation of the Lord. See the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians, your enemy, you see today, you'll never see again forever. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So tonight, I continue in the flow of his agenda for this body of believers, encouraging you, victory is on the way. Now, I said believers. This is for the church. Believers are his children who are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are a part of a righteous remnant. And your heavenly father is saying, I swear I'm going to bless you. That this year, after the horrible year you had last year, after the breaking and the shakings we went through as a body last year that were never intended to destroy us, but to awaken us to our dependence on God, the year of turmoil has left a spirit of heaviness upon this body. Now, many may not realize what they're battling is a spiritual thing just yet. And it leaves many feeling oppressed and depressed and defeated, victimized by their trials. That mourning and grief has encompassed all around us, and it lingers. And the actual truth is, it's a spirit of heaviness that the Word of God declares is at work. It's a cloud of darkness that can come over a person and even over a whole body of people, a whole region, because with turmoil and calamity comes an overwhelming sense of defeat, as though there is a dark cloud hanging over you. You feel the effects of it emotionally and physically and spiritually. You can't seem to shake it. You can't fake it no more. It's like a blanket or a garment that you're wearing that you can't seem to remove. It's weighing you down. Can I tell you that it's all been a part of Satan's plan to destroy you? That if he defeats you, he defeats the church because you are the church? That he wants to stop you, to prevent you from a breakthrough? He knows what God is up to here at the palace. It's a spiritual battle that must be fought spiritually. It does affect you emotionally and even physically. And the harm it is doing is it's leading many to respond ineffectively because we tend to fight naturally flesh and blood against spiritual wickedness and the constant assault we experience the bombarding of our spirits causes our joy to be suppressed so we begin to feed our flesh for just a moment of pleasure just to get a breath of air a moment of escape from the pressure that feels so relieving but shortly we find that feeling once again is fleeting because it was temporal. It was just a moment. It was just a rush. And it's to be repeated, leading to an additional behavior, a dependence on a substance even, or a simulated experience that has no more power than brass tinkling in the wind, resulting with further consequences to follow. That instead of making us better, taking a load off of us, we all fall into a deeper and deeper pit of despair where it gets darker and darker, and we become even more secluded. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to this body. It's a spiritual heaviness that won't lift by natural substitutes. Only God has the substance that will lift it. And heaviness means somewhat dark, dim, dull, colorless, to be dark, faint. It is a word used in the Bible to describe the effects of a plague. The dimness of the eyes in old age. A fire gone out of a flax reed still smoking, not extinguished. A heavy spirit. Can't see clearly. 
It's where so many find themselves walking around weighted down, where they're sorrowful and they're discontented and they're feeling defeated and feel like they're in a dense fog. They love the Lord. They have just been in a war they just can't seem to fully recover from. And the effects of a spiritual heaviness are, it darkens our countenance. Our hearts are cast down. It dims our vision. It brings a heavy, oppressive feeling. It quenches our faith. It may come over many at once like a plague. It can be like a cloud hanging over a place. And it can isolate and make us all feel very alone. And I came to tell you the enemy's plan is to continue to weigh us down again this year. With the hopes of sinking this ship with us on it. But the problem is God's got another plan. He refuses to allow us to be weighed down by this spirit. And tonight he's speaking to this body, corporately and individually. He's exposing to you the plot of our enemy. The Lord says this year, to ensure a year of victory, I have proclaimed, you must put on a garment of praise for your spirit of heaviness. You must wrap yourself up in praise. That praise will be that battering ram Pastor Josh talked about last week that's going to bust open the heavens. That's going to open the gates of the enemy's camp, giving you access to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. That when the praises go up, then his blessings are going to come down. And this cloud of heaviness is going to be lifted off this place by the hand of the Lord. Oh, palace of praise, hear ye the word of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the open of the prison to them that are bound. He's talking about those spiritual prisons. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Vengeance is mine saith the Lord to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion he's talking to the church to give unto them beauty for ashes to give unto them oil for joy for mourning church our mourning days are just about to be over it's time to arise and shine and let our enemies be scattered he said I'm going to give unto them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness now why he said, because that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. This is his plan for his church. Why? That he might be glorified and that his plan for this church might be fulfilled. And how will that happen? He says, and they shall build old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And I've just come to tell you from my heart tonight, Popper Bluff, Missouri, the palace of praise was planted here to restore our city for the glory of God. That many generations have been destroyed by wickedness over this region, but we're going to raise up the former desolations of the cities in our region. We were chosen for such a time as this. And we cannot allow the spirit of heaviness to constrain the church. And he goes on to say, And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But ye shall be named priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and their glory shall ye boast yourselves. 
And I love this. For your shame, you shall have double. And for your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. That is the plan of the Lord. Now, who's ready to take off this spirit of heaviness and be victorious in the house tonight? And receive your double portion for your troubles. I want to tell you. There's been a dark cloud that's been hanging over this church and over our region for too long. And I want you to see something tonight if you've never seen this. I want to set this thing up before he puts it up. Last year, in May, actually prior to May, pastor began to do a series. I, just, I went back and studied some stuff. He did a series, a six-week series. Talking about a dream that God had showed him, revealed things to him. About the manifestation of evil spirits in the land. He finishes that Sunday. And the next Sunday, I come to church. And it was the strangest thing that happened. We were leaving the church. And some of you will remember this as I remind you. We were leaving the church that morning. And as quick as I've ever seen, one of the darkest black clouds begin to come this way. I left here, and I went to Burger King. And by the time I literally drove from here and got to Burger King, there was this dark cloud. I could see the church from Burger King. I could see up above it. And there was this dark cloud. The wind began to blow. It blew so hard, my truck began to rock back and forth. I almost got on the gas pedal and got out of there thinking, I'm not going to leave this world at Burger King. I'm going to see the king, but I don't want it to be at Burger King. But I look up into this cloud, and I see something with my very own eyes. I see something very eerie in these clouds. I see this thing, and I'm a very analytical person. I looked hard, and I kept looking, and I kept trying to wink my eyes so it wouldn't be there next time I looked up. But it was there. And I thought, I'm probably the only one seeing that. I'm probably the only one that's seen that. So I leave and I go home. About an hour later, I click on Facebook. Someone else seen it. They were at Walmart. They took a picture of it. So that let me know this thing, not only that I seen, it was seen at Walmart. And this, so it tells me this thing was moving over the region. You got the picture? Put it up for them. That's what I've seen. I've seen that manifestation. I was sitting there seeing it over the church. they seen it at Walmart. It's just a confirmation of what God brought back into my spirit, what's going on over this region. There is a manifestation taking place over this region. And the enemy is trying to put a spirit of heaviness on this whole region by the destruction that he's called in the lives of, his pe of God's people. And as a result of all the trials and the hardships and the things that we've been going through, one thing after another, trial after trial, affliction after affliction, these things going in our life, it's left an aftermath. And now the body of Christ is trying to function under a heavy spirit. But God says, I got a remedy for the church. 
And God says, I'm wanting to unleash something in this reason, region that will begin to take that thing out of this region. And he says, I want to begin at the palace of praise. And you are the keys of this thing's happening. Because what it's going to take to drive this thing away and off of this body, it's going to take the spirit of praise, a garment of praise that God says that he'll give you that'll get rid of the spirit of heaviness. And when we break it here, he'll break it everywhere. But God wants to start somewhere and right here at the palace of praise under the authority power of Jesus Christ, I declare to you, God wants to unleash on this congregation a relief to lift off the heavy mantle of spirit of heaviness off of this church. Last year was just so full of trials and struggles over this body. Lamenting and mourning and grief has been like a heavy fog. It's been hampering and hindering. It's been resting upon the shoulders of this body. And we need a lifting. We need a lifting of the hands. We need a lifting of the hearts. We need a lifting of our voices. We need a shout of victory. Do you remember they shouted unto God before the walls ever came down at Jericho? Well, I just wonder, can we get a roar in this place of a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Give God praise. Come on, church. There it is. There it is. That's the key. Lift up them holy hands. Shake off them heavy bands. Hallelujah. God wants to lift this. We're wanting this to be a place of victory. No more than God wants it to be. And tonight God is saying, lift up your praise, and my spirit will lift this cloud off of you. And by my spirit, I will replace this dark cloud with a cloud of my glory, so that my house might be filled, that both day and night I will rest over this place and deposit my glory, that you may turn your mourning into dancing, that you may turn your sorrow into joy. And turn your ashes into beauty. How? By putting on a garment of praise that I will give you. See, God promised it to us to lift off the spirit of heaviness when it comes. He promises that when you praise him, he inhabits your praises. And then that power that worketh within you will break the yokes of bondage off of you. Because according to his word, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. We didn't name and dedicate this place as the palace of praise by mistake. God inspired the name so that it would proclaim to a dark and dying world. The key to victory is that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, he is worthy to be praised. This place was not ordained to be a place of defeat or a place of mourning, but to be a place dedicated to lifting up the name of Jesus, the God of victory, the soon coming victorious king. Hallelujah. This place is to be a refuge. Now we need to take a moment 
and talk about what the spirit of heaviness really is. Well, the meaning of it is it's a feeling of being dull, old, despondent, and weighted down mentally. It's like a low-hanging fog over your joy. And it makes our mind feel murky and dark with a sense of uh, failure and fear, causing us to struggle to not be happy or content with anything. And the spirit of heaviness usually comes when our foundations of self-esteem have been badly shaken in some area of our life. When we feel the need to emotionally and mentally retreat because the pain that's come over us is too much to bear. Or when we've struggled so long with an issue, we're weighed down from the searching, hopelessly looking for a door out. Or something triggers again all the rehashing of past failures and dumb things you've said or done in your past. And it opens the door for a spirit of heaviness to take over your mind and your emotions, stifling your rationale. Often stifling or paralyzing our pursuit of victory. There's a built-in factor in heaviness that opens the door for our enemy. The devil to come in, that factor is called isolation. It leads us to seclude ourselves, to retreat to a place to become dormant and defeated. To even pull back and even take ourselves out of service to the Lord. See, when our hearts are heavy and our minds is heavy and our emotions say, leave me alone. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Exactly what the devil wants. If he can get you off by yourself, preferably under the covers or turned to the wall or in that fetal position and you're sucking your thumb, he has you all to himself to plant words and pictures and stir up old painful memories to torment you. See, when people are shut off from others, their anger and their sadness and their depression begins to interfere with their thinking process. Their circuits are on overload and their thought process becomes distorted. Suspicion, distrust of other people. They fear being hurt again. They feel they can't trust anybody. They begin to avoid people. And when people isolate themselves, they become disconnected from God and feel very empty. Your enemy, the devil, will love to have that opportunity to fill that emptiness with strongholds of bitterness and hatred. Feelings of unworthiness set in because you know you shouldn't be acting like this. It even leads to you even questioning your salvation. And the weight, the heaviness is putting you down. You've carried it a long time. It stopped you in your tracks. Ain't nobody going around going to help you anymore. Remember, you chose to go it alone. And you're simply just sitting and bracing yourself for the fall and the long endurance of the suffering. And there's spiritual warfare going on inside of you. And the mind is the battleground. It's the place where the greatest conflict within you takes place. It's where wars are won and lost. It's where the victory or defeat is established. It's where submission or rebellion is determined. It's where right or wrong decisions are made. There are more people in this room right now having trouble with their mind than people are having trouble in their finances. The struggle is in the mind. And this is why we have people who go to bed tired and they wake up tired, feeling like you've never been to sleep. Yet you slept eight hours and you're still waking up tired. I'm preaching now. The reason you wake up tired is because you got sleep, but you didn't rest. Your body tossed and turned. Because your mind has been in turmoil all night long. You can't shut it down. You've been wrestling in your sleep. Have you ever woke up and your bed was wet from sweat? Be honest. Or your bed is all tore up like you've been in a fight with a bear? That lasted all night until the sun came up. Why would that be? 
Because your mind is not rested. Your body went to sleep, but your mind was caught up in warfare. Your mind is the battlefield. Touch somebody and tell them the enemy is after your mind. He's out to worry you to death. He's out to stress you to death. He's out to break you down. He's out to make you quit. He's out to make you think you can't get up to convince you to give up. He's out to make you give up on your dream. He's even suggested to you, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? Am I right? Come on, somebody. Verify this word for me tonight. The warfare of the enemy is real. The real problem, the real obstacle is in your mind. And it's weighting you down. It's a spirit of heaviness that weighs heavy on your mind. When we find ourselves with a spirit of heaviness over failures, our prayer should be as David's. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. In the ancient times, it was customary for a grieving person to wear sackcloth. But the garment of praise was the opposite of a sackcloth. It was a brightly colored raiment indicative of celebration. A garment of praise is an attitude that creates a lifestyle. Those who wear a garment of praise are always seeking ways they can honor the Lord. They're always busy serving, loving, and praising the Lord for all he's doing in their lives. They want every moment on earth to count for an eternity because they've discovered the joy of working hand in hand with God. And those who wear the garment of praise have a few things in common. They love to sing and make music in their hearts to the Lord. They face challenges with an expectation of God's provision. They enjoy worshiping with other Christians. They see God's hand in every blessing and eagerly thank him. It was David who said, Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. See, praise works like a magnifying glass. It causes what you're focusing on to get bigger. To be magnified. Charles Spurgeon said, My happiest moments are when I'm worshiping God, really adoring the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, In that worship, I forget the cares of the church and everything else. To me, it's the nearest approach to what it would be like in heaven. And David said, Seven times a day, Lord, I give you praise. You got to get your praise on if you want the spirit of heaviness gone. And we need to encourage one another to get better. See, we do it in the natural. We encourage each other to do things that make us feel better. You know, when old little Johnny gets a cold, got a fever, he's feeling all blue, we'll grab a bottle of medicine and we'll encourage him to take it. He'll feel better. Now open your mouth. Now swallow this. And in a little while, you're going to feel a whole lot better. See, now that wasn't so bad, was it? See, the world thinks they got the answer for your heaviness. It won't work, though. It's a spiritual thing. The world says, take one of these every four hours. It'll help with the pain. The world says, here, take a drink of this. Forget your troubles. The world says, here, smoke this, encouraging you with a substance that will appease the flesh, often leading to substance abuse. It won't get to the soul, though. Or to the root of the problem. Because the, the problem is there is no joy. you got a spirit on you. Now I'm telling the truth. But don't nobody want to hear that. Don't you dare tell me that. I'm a Christian. Yeah. And you're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness too. I'm not saying it possessed you. 
Yet I'm seeing it has oppressed you. It's a spirit of heaviness. See, David was a man after God's own heart. But yet we see a time when David was running for his life because of a spirit of fear got on him. Then we find a time when he's sitting and crying to God, why was I ever born? Spirit of oppression got on him. But David shook himself and he encouraged himself. And he often praised his way out of his heaviness. Some of you all need more than just a coffee break each day. You need to start taking a praise break about every four hours. Our praise team comes out here every Sunday morning. They're not here to entertain you. They're here to encourage you, to lead you to do what's best for you. And you know what? You can look out any given Sunday and you see so many people just standing there with their heads down and their arms folded. And you can see the weight all over their face. You can see it. And their countenance. People just standing there. And you want to criticize them. Make some not even want to praise either. Oftentimes it can discourage others. But I see it different now. It tells me there is a spirit of heaviness upon this body that has to be lifted. And that God's got what they need. We just got to encourage them to open up their mouths to taste and see that the Lord is good. And it shows us God is sending them here. But if we don't start praising in the meantime, practice what we preach, they will find another substance to try to lift their heaviness. When all they need is Jesus. And he will put joy down in their heart. We've either got to practice what we preach or we've got to take the sign down. We either believe God inhabits our praises or we don't. We don't need to just give them another false hope. We need to lead by example. Well, you haven't been through what I've been through. Hey, Paul and Silas, they were subject to the same conditions as everyone else was in prison. They just made a decision to do what they'd always done when they found themselves in trouble. They began to praise at the midnight hour. Their praise set the whole prison free. Who's going to be the Paul and Silas of the palace? To where whether you feel like it or not, if no one else does or not, you're going to be a leader, you're going to be an encourager, and you're going to give God praise. Hey, if I come in heavy, hey, Zach, just keep on praising God because it'll encourage me. It'll lift me up, brother. You just keep on doing it. If you've got somebody standing by you and their face is as long as Texas, you just keep on worshiping. You just keep on praising God and watch and see if you don't begin to lift their spirits. This is what it's about. It's about coming to a place of unity as a body of Christ and doing what is necessary to lift this off of this body. See, anybody can praise God when things are good, but can you praise him in a storm? When everything falls apart, praise his name. If you have a broken heart, just lift your voice and say, greater is he that is within me, and you can praise your hurts away. Pals of praise, we were built for such a time as this. And we have got to get this heaviness off the church, off the people, then off the region. 
His praise has got to continually be in our mouths. You see, Paul and Silas was willing to praise and to set the whole prison free. If we do it as a church, we can set this whole region free. Does anybody else beside me want to get this heaviness off your back? For this to be a year of victory, God says, the first thing I got to do is lift this cloud of heaviness off of this body. If this body will respond tonight and put on a garment of praise, it will lift the spirit of heaviness off of this church and off of this region. God says there has been a dark cloud over this place. And this body's got to come into unity. I thought, unity? I thought we were in unity. God said, this body has been in unity. But it's not been because of me or with me. You've been in unity, but your unity has been in grief and sorrow. And God says, I want this body to be in unity by being victorious together. Not by being defeated together. Being defeated should only be a temporary condition. Giving up is what makes it permanent. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to lift up our hands and our hearts and our praises to the name of Jesus. And with God's help tonight, let's lift this spirit of heaviness off this church, off this body, so that we can have a victorious 2020. Where's Hunter? Hunter, come on up. Praise team, come on up if you would. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would. I told you I'm just going to do my part and share my heart, what God put in my spirit. That God showed me something. There is a spirit of heaviness on this church, on each and every one of us. It's not in this church. It's all across this region. And that's got to be broken. And it's got to be done with praise. The first thing we got to do, we got to get this cloud of heaviness off of this church. There are so many things that happen in the lives of so many people. We got through, we got past, but there's still that thing that's lingering. It weighs down our services. It weighs down people. It causes people to restrain, to withdraw back, to quench the spirit, to not feel liberty. You come in. Have you ever felt that when you come in, that heaviness? There's a, I felt it. felt a heaviness on the service. That should not be. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And his presence is in this place. And we've got to start praising him. I'm going to have them come in just a minute. And what we're going to do, we're going to go and take a praise break. That's what we're fixing to do. I'm going to ask each and every one of you to come to this altar as a body in unity. And I want us to open up our mouths and our hearts. And we're the key to unleashing this thing and driving this cloud out of here. So I'm going to ask you, if every single one of you come to this altar, and I'm going to ask this praise team to play some praise music. And we're going to praise this night away. And we're going to believe 
when we praise God, that God's going to give us the garment of praise for their spirit of heaviness. And what's kept you and had you bound and had you down, had you feeling in the molly grubs that you can't shake it off, the grief, the mourning, the stuff you've been through, you've been going through, God wants to release you and release this body to come to a place that when people walk in this church, they walk in to a church that knows how to praise. A church that believes whether it's a good day or a bad day, he's still God. And that he's still worthy to be praised. Are you ready? One more time, though, before they go. I want you to put your voices together. Shout from your heart a voice of victory. Can you do that? Give him praise. Come on, let him have it. We praise you, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, praise team.